The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In today's economic climate, it's very hard to know what to do with your money. Every financial move is a choice. Sometimes they are good choices, and you will reap the rewards of success. Sometimes there are bad choices, which can leave you in financial ruin if you make too many. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. Our program will help you to make the good choices and avoid the bad. Now, here is Gordon Bennett. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. And I am, of course, Gordon Blyle, your host. Uh, you'll find out why it is that I kind of screwed up here in the first time. Uh, I used to be having a show called Path to Financial Freedom, but then I had a stroke. But we'll get to that in a little while. Today, I have, as I told you, my guest, Pat Blyle, Dr. Pat, as she likes to be called, but... You know, she's a doctor who doesn't help people. She's just one of those academic types. And today we want to talk about money and change. So the first change is uh, on March 31st this year, after last year recovering from a bout with cancer, I had a stroke. And it started the year uh, for us. Actually, it didn't start the year, but it started a uh, change of our life. So, Pat, why don't you tell us how change, which is one of our subjects, affected you uh, starting in March 1st? Sure. You know, I, I really thought that the biggest change that had ever occurred in my life was when you were diagnosed with cancer. And first of all, let me also just take this this moment to say, welcome back. It's good to have you back on the air. And um, I'm very glad to uh, to be hearing you starting up this program again. So I thought that cancer was the biggest thing to hit my life until you had a stroke. And I don't know that there's anything more devastating to people than a health issue that is, uh, that, is that serious, but it affects everything. Uh, I had to arrange for transportation. It took a lot of time communicating between doctors and scheduling uh, therapy visits, coming and going. I, I guess the good news was I was retired at the time, so it was it was easy to do, or not easy to do, but certainly I wasn't juggling a job as well or children to take care of at home. But it's one of those things that I don't think you can prepare for. Well, how has changed that? You've talked about how change has affected our lives and the my radio show, of course. How have you seen change affect other people's lives? You know, again, there's there's a couple of different kinds of change, I think, that we've talked about. One is a change that you might initiate yourself. The other is a change that you're, you can't account for, that you're not ready for. Let me just give you one other example of what happened to us. 
And I like to think of myself as, as being pretty well organized and on top of things until you realize little things in your life that as a family or as a couple, one person takes care of and the other knows nothing about. The stroke was on March 31st, right? Right. What happens, April, what happens on April 15th? Let's see. April 15th, we're supposed to pay our income taxes. Right. Taxes are due. So you had always done all of our taxes, not only our personal taxes, but the company taxes as well. I found myself with two weeks to try to figure out where everything was, put it all together, get in touch with um, our accountant and get the taxes filed. And you were in no shape to really be able to help me. So that's something I think you can't plan for. Yeah, I was Just, flat on my back in the hospital. Right. And, um, and you know, other things that, that people, again, can't plan for. And, and maybe there are things you should be thinking about. But a lot of people in the last few years have been faced with a job loss. My job was eliminated. So if you're not thinking about it, if you haven't planned ahead, it can be devastating, particularly if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, on the other hand, there are some kinds of change that you initiate yourself, right? Things that you decide you want to change. For instance, I want to lose weight. So I make up my mind, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to change some things in my life that I've been doing, eating habits, maybe not exercising enough so that I can do that. So some things are change that you initiate. Other is change that happens to you. So. This brings us to our second topic, which is money. Change affects money. Change affects everything in our life, but money is what holds our life together. You have to want to change. That's one of the fundamental rules of finance. You have to get rid of your bad habits. Rule one is you have to get rid of your bad habits. You want to change. And let's face it, it is very hard to change our habits. We all make New Year's resolutions. Some of them last two days, some of them last a week, but then the rest of them fall by the wayside. So the first rule of finance is you have to want to change your ways. You have to want to do something differently. You want to talk about money. You want to change your life and the way you spend money. So let's take a look at life and what happens in our life. The first thing is we have three phases of life. At first, we're completely dependent on somebody else. The second phase of our life, we become self-reliant. We don't have to have some, well, we really do need somebody else, but we take care of ourselves. We earn money. We have gone to school and we are now self-sufficient. And the final stage of our life is we become dependent on either the money we have set aside, thinking about those days of retirement, or we have to depend on some other people to take care of us. So dovetail that change like self-sufficiency and some of the changes you see in that phase of life, Pat. Sure. Um, and again, I think the the first big change there comes from when you're dependent on someone else to where you become dependent on yourself. And, you know, and, and that's maybe at a time when, uh, you know, kids are leaving home, 
maybe they, you know, move out and they go get a job and they start to support themselves instead of having their parents support them. Or, it, you know, you go to school and you, you know, get a degree. And now, again, you're going out in the, the, um, into the, the work life and you're getting a job, you're earning money, you're um, paying for your own bills. Maybe you get married what, and maybe there's two of you, but you are now responsible for yourself and possibly other people. Um, well, one, one of the things. I'm sorry, let me just, one of the things, one of the, the, the places that, um, we see additional change there happening is some of my students. So, um, I teach in an MBA program at Eastern University in St. David's, Pennsylvania. Um, the students there, um, have been in the workforce for a period of time and maybe aren't satisfied with where their career is. Maybe they're not satisfied with the level of income that they have and they've decided to make a change and go back to school further their education, get an advanced degree so that they can be promoted at work and, and you know, get a raise and get a higher income. Yeah, but, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men gang off to glee is the old Scottish expression. And we plan to do certain things in our life. Maybe we plan to get more education. Maybe we plan to set aside money for vacation. And along comes an unexpected change, and all of that goes in a cocktail. We have to be prepared for the change that comes to us that we aren't uh, planning on because it is inevitable. I know we went away last uh, month down to Baltimore, and we visited the aquarium and had a good time, and we're carefree and really enjoying ourselves. And we came home on a Sunday night, and at 10 o'clock at night, the alarm went off on our grinder pump. Our sewage is below grade and is pumped uphill. And at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, our pump went out. That is not a change I had expected to happen. But I was prepared for it in a manner of speaking. And the next morning, we were able to start the repair service. But those are the kind of changes that are very disruptive if you're not prepared for them. Can you and, think of any other? Yeah, because if I, if I can... You know, that was a big change, right? That was an expense that we weren't prepared for. And it did turn out to be pretty costly because the whole pump had to be replaced. You know, there are other changes like that or other situations and things that happen to you that you're you're not prepared for most of the time. You don't foresee coming. The first one, as I mentioned, is a potential job loss. Another one is a health issue. You face two. Um, you know, a lot of people can go through life, be very healthy and never have that happen. But we know of so many people where that catches you unexpected. And, you know, if you if you don't have the, the money set aside, if you don't have an emergency fund, it can be devastating. Another one can be as we age, our parents are aging as well. And many of us find ourselves later in life taking care not only maybe of children, but also of elderly parents. Is that something that we planned for? That's a big change now that uh, that maybe we hadn't factored into our monthly budget. Yes. The So the message I have for this uh, segment of the uh, radio show, is because we're talking about money, you know, uh, we have to be prepared for change. The people who are best able to take care of change have already decided to change their way in money matters 
so that they can be prepared for changes. Rule one of money management is be prepared for change. You've got to want to do that yourself. You're listening to Money, Jobs, and Health and Other Things of Life with your host, Gordon Bennett. We will be back after a short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and the Other Issues. I think I'm going to change that to Issues of Life things that we want to talk about that have taken care of our lives. This is Gordon Bennett, your host. Uh, in the first segment, we talked about money and change, and we're going to continue with that. I'm sorry I stepped on the engineer a little bit. As I said, I was, uh, I'm was i not up to par yet. So being away from the radio for so long, it's inevitable that I'll make some mistakes. But i got a, a good uh, guest with us today, and uh, Papli will talk about things with me and uh, I think you'll be able to use it. So one of the questions I want to ask our guests, and we can all ask the same thing, why is money so hard for many people to talk about? Money is one of those things that we just do not want to cover. 
we will do almost anything to talk about money. Why, Pat? You know, I've, I've thought about that, and I think, you know, some of the basic things. I think a lot of people's identity is tied up in money. How much do you earn? How, what do you own? You know, how big is your house? What kind of a car that do you drive? We, we tend to gauge and evaluate our success in life by how much money we make and, and therefore then extended the things that we own because we have had money to buy them. Um, you know, and a second thing is that our parents didn't really teach us about money. When I was growing up, I had an allowance and I had chores and I certainly learned to earn money. Um, I earned, I believe, 10 cents for ironing handkerchiefs. And I think I earned a quarter when I learned how to iron my dad's shirts. And when I knew the alphabet, I earned money from my dad by filing for him. But other than that, I don't think that we really talked about investing. We didn't talk about, you know, getting in debt or not getting in debt. It just wasn't a part of the conversation. Um, and again, so I think sometimes people don't want to talk about money because they're embarrassed. Maybe they think they don't earn enough and therefore they haven't been successful and it goes against their, you know, self-worth. I think the same thing is true. I'm happy to know that you learned the alphabet before you started filing. I think one of the secretaries I had had to look it up to see what the alphabet was. <laughs> but we won't go there. <laughs> but it is amazing. It, you You just don't talk about money. And if you get in trouble with money, you don't want to turn to your friends unless they are very good friends. And everybody's confused. So we make a bad situation worse, which leads me to the second fundamental. The first fundamental, as you recall, you got to want to change. The second fundamental is you have to educate yourself about money. Now, I hear a lot of people say, I don't know anything, or my husband does that, or my wife does that, or somebody else does that, or my accountant does that. And they plead ignorance because they don't want to learn. And then they end up with the consequences of not knowing. So tell me the, some of the things about education that really matter. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'll throw in another one as well that I hear a lot. And it's interesting that people tend to talk about finance or finances rather than money. And when they talk about finances or finance, the phrase that I hear so often, and this is particularly true for women, is I'm not good at math. Okay, so first of all, we need to dispel that notion, particularly in our in our young daughters, uh, because we're falling farther and farther behind other countries in the world because of our lack of, of um, math and technical and science skills in our um, in the next generation. So that's the first thing people say. I don't I'm not good at math. Understanding your money has nothing to do with being able to do algebra or calculus, right? It has more to do about how much money do you make, where do you spend it, and some disciplines that we'll talk about later. But educating yourself, I think, really is more about an attitude. Well, you know, it's amazing. We don't educate ourselves about money, but we're pretty good at spending it. 
Yeah, outgo exactly. is a lot better than income. And the credit card has made that worse. Again, I think we'll talk about that later. But money is not very complicated. That's why we're going over these fundamentals. There are about eight fundamentals, and we'll cover them all. But if you've got them down, the path to financial freedom is yours to have. It, as you said, it isn't about algebra calculus. And the attitude is so important. I mean, after all, you teach a graduate course in statistics, one of the most reveal, reviled, not revealed, reviled courses in the curriculum in graduate school. Everybody hates it, and you spend a lot of time helping them learn it. Money is not at all as complicated as that. It's just and, addition and subtraction. And yet, again, I think what has made so many people have that attitude towards money is some of the books that they potentially have tried to read on finance that can be very technical and very complicated and talking about ratios and returns and, um, you know, and those types of, of um, terminology and it scares them. And, and then this whole built in, I, I don't know anything about this. I'm not good at this. So I'm just not going to do it. Perhaps also a fear of what they'll find out. Oh yeah, that's right. The credit card has made life so easy and they, I will pay tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's postponed the education process as well until it's so bad that it needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's really intimidating. Yet there's a lot of resources. You can go on the Internet and learn all about anything you can imagine. And it's written in such a way as you can learn it. And if you got the fundamentals down, those are marvelous resources. And I looked at my bookshelves over here. I've got hundreds of books on finance. I have a master's degree in finance. I know all about finance. Uh, but so what if I don't do something with it? But I suddenly discovered that books have three parts. There's three things in almost all self-help books. And the first one is motivation. The motivation and self-help is, let's see now, uh, why do I need to be reading this book? It tells about Fred and Ethel and what happened to them because they didn't read the book. And you get about 100 pages of that and you say, I'm not Fred and Ethel. And so you reject the book and what benefits it could have you. The second thing that's in a book is the fundamentals. Now, they're buried in there somewhere. I took a uh, book off the shelf one time on losing some weight. I was pretty heavy at the time. And it was how to lose weight through yoga. What is the fundamental of losing weight through yoga? Stop and think a minute. The fundamental is, now this book I must tell you was about a thousand pages. The fundamental of losing weight through yoga is fast. You don't eat anything. The rest of the book, the rest of the thousand pages was how to have a proper mental attitude while starving to death. So the final thing and about half of most books are techniques, how you can get out of debt, how you can shop smarter, how you can do this, and how you can do that. But first of all, you've got to get the fundamentals down, and that's why some people are so intimidated. They actually spend more time on their hobbies, learning about them, on soccer, learning why the kids do this and thus and that, on uh, things that they like, as a matter of fact, they probably spend more time brushing their teeth than they do on money. And yet they spent the first 12 or 16 or 20 years of their life learning how to make money. So they have to learn about money. 
in the second phase of their life. The rule is do not buy something that you cannot explain. We're going to talk about investments a little bit later, probably in the other sections uh, next week or the following week. And when we talk about investments, there's lots of confusion. What should I do? And my rule is on this education bit, do not buy what you cannot explain clearly and succinctly to somebody else. Anything else on the, uh, that rule, Pat? You got any thoughts on that? No, I think that's um, a really good rule for whatever it is that you're buying, whether it's um, investments or whether it's uh, you know a new stereo or something else. I think you've got a great attitude towards things going into shop for a thing, you know, stuff of some kind and, and, and just taking the attitude, I know nothing about this. So walking into hopefully a store that has a um, well-educated, well-informed salesperson, tell me about whatever it is you're buying. And then once you know and doing all of your homework ahead of time, you can make a better informed decision. You can then make a, a decision based on your values. And we'll talk about in the uh, upcoming segment. And the other thing I wanted to add to the education component, the subtitle of our um, program is jobs. One of the other things you can do is when you look at change and doing things, education is also about honing your skills. People who have more skills and who have a commitment to education throughout their life, those people are less subject to unforeseen things happening to them. And that's why I think this education component is a fundamental of not only money, but is a fundamental rule of life. Learn, learn, learn. How do you see that? Uh, you're the MBA program. Why do people get an MBA? Right. So um, most of the time, and, and I ask my students usually on the first night of class, why they decided to get an MBA, and then I asked them why they came to my particular university. But I would say 90% of the time, their reason for pursuing an MBA is to advance their career. Either it's at their current employer, or maybe they're trying to advance their skills so that they can go to a different company or perhaps start their own company, their own business, so that they can make more money. They've reached a certain level, and either they want to make themselves um, a better candidate for promotion, or in some cases, it's a requirement. Um, we, you know, we see this all the time in some professions. Um, physicians have to do continuing education all the time. Um, accountants need to do the same thing. You know, there's a lot of people who just have to renew their skills every year. Everyone should do that. And I'll end this segment by a quotation. Some of you are old enough to remember John F. Kennedy when he said, and it's going to be the lead-in and segue to our next goal, we're going to put a man on the moon at the end of the decade and return him safely to Earth. That is known as having a strategic vision. It is, as I will point out to you in the next fundamental, the reason for having goals. So as we end this segment on money, jobs, health, and the other things about life, this is your host, Gordon Blyle, and we'll be right back after the break.
the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. This is Gordon Bennett, your host. And oh, by the way, we would like to hear from you. I don't know what to talk about if I don't know what you want to hear about. Money is part of our life as our jobs and all those things we have. But you have, may have some things that are, by the time we get through the fundamentals that have been nagging you for some time. In which case, give us a call and we'll try to structure the program around your needs and your time. Now, I ended the last session uh, with a quote from Kennedy, and I think it was pretty accurate. JFK said, we will put a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth by the end of the decade. Now, if you stop and think about that statement and dissect it, take it apart, it is what we call in management a strategic vision. What are we going to do? How are you going to measure it? And when is it going to happen? Each of us needs, in my estimation, what I call a moonshot. We need a goal. We need something to work for. That money that we get for working for ourselves at the end of the pay period, what are we going to do with it? So, Pat, I'm going to ask you this time, what do you think the benefits of having goals are? You know, when we talk about it from a business standpoint, you talked about Kennedy's strategic vision. Mm 
So there's a measurable, attainable goal. We thought it was attainable, and it was. And it was very specific that it wasn't just sending the man to the moon, but it was returning him home safely. That really helps you direct your work and your effort. And we wanted to accomplish it by the end of the decade. So there's a time element to it. So some good parts to all goals. Goals help you focus. They help help you see where you're going. They help you make decisions. For instance, one of the things that we'll talk about is setting goals, as you said, for maybe things that you want to you want to acquire that say you don't have the money for right now. And so you have a goal that you want to buy a new car. But you happen to be out at the mall and you see a great sale on at the shoe store and you find all of these great shoes that are on sale. Well, you have to stop yourself and say, is buying this pair of shoes helping me reach my goal of buying a new car? No, it's not. In fact, it's diametrically opposed. So then you should say that I won't do that because my goal is to buy a new car. Buying the pair of shoes is not going to get me there. That's kind of a small little thing. Maybe seems trivial. Let's talk about your rehabilitation after your stroke. So you were in the hospital. You couldn't stand up without the help of two therapists, one on each side. You couldn't put your right foot in a straight line and walk down the hall by yourself. And you had to say, what's my goal? Were you going to be okay with the way you were? I'm just going to live like this for the rest of my life. I'll sit in a wheelchair and let somebody push me around. Or did you want to get up and walk out of there? So you had to set yourself a goal and say, I want to walk. Well, you know what? That's a big goal, particularly when you can't even stand up. So you have to break things down into smaller pieces. And so goals and smaller goals are a way for you to help you see progress towards what your ultimate goal is. I can stand up now. I can take a step. And eventually, I can walk all the way to the end of the hall. Yeah, it's... uh I remember that period of time very clearly uh, as to uh, I had said, you better get on the Internet and find a uh, a wheelchair that I can take home. And you helped me set my goals. And she said, we're not going to have a wheelchair in that house. And we've That's got 14, 14 stairs to the second floor. Um, I am now driving where I need to go. I am self-sufficient, sort of. You're going out of town next week. I mean, all those things would not have happened if I didn't have a goal because many times they asked me to do things that I didn't want to do or didn't feel like doing or wasn't up to doing. And if you're sick, goals are very, very important to getting well. So the same with money. There's a lot of reasons to have good goals. One is I've been told that divorce in this country, 50% of the divorces in this country are based on Money arguments. Guess what? Don't argue about money. Argue about something else. And that is goals. It's a way for spouses to come together and talk about their goals individually, their goals mutually. Goals are a way to control excess spending. And you mentioned that in your discussion, that you are saving for a car and you see something at the mall you want. It gives you an excuse for putting it off. 
because you want something more than the thing you have in front of you. So it's a way to uh, start communications. There's a lot of reasons. We all have two resources. We have the resource of time, and we have the resource of money. And both are finite, except I once heard it said, what is uh, more happy and more satisfied the man who has $7 million or seven children? And the answer is, the man who has seven children because he doesn't want any more. Well, <laughs> the same thing is true with money. Money deceives you a lot. The people who have a lot of money just have a better class of misery, in my estimation. I know a lot of wealthy people who are not happy at all. So the the contentment comes from their doing what they want to do, and they're able to postpone things and defer gratification. So... Let me talk about goals very, very specifically. I've broken goals into three different kind of goals. Their first kind of goals is stuff you want to acquire. Let me say that again. Stuff you want to acquire. I want a Rolex. I want a boat. I want a quad. I want a sewing machine. I want it. I want it. I want it. And that kind of thing goes on and on and on. We have insatiable needs for stuff. And, by the way, marketing people know that we are vulnerable to making our identity uh, a part of a goal. We can fight them back by having the goal first, and that neutralizes their marketing thing. So the first thing about goals is you better have a list of the stuff you want to acquire. Sit down. Talk about it. What do you want? Do you want that Rolex? Or would you rather have a quad? Or would you rather... What is it you really want? And you can't have everything you want. Maybe you can have anything you want, but not everything. And when you go to the mall to buy something or have a whim, either you take off of your list the things that you said you wanted to work for and then go buy that thing at the mall, or you say, no, I don't have a goal for that thing. It looks good. I think I'll postpone it. It took us three years before we bought a large screen television set because we kept putting it off. We wanted something else more. And if you really want to see about stuff, hop in your car and drive around the neighborhood and see what people have on garage sales. At one time, they just had to have all that stuff that they now in the front of their house. And if you watch that television uh, show, all of that stuff has to be disposed of at some time. So if you have goals, you can resist that. The second thing is you need to have experiences in your goal list. What do you want to experience? I want to ride a mule to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I want to see a ping-pong match at the South Pole. I want to go to a city. I want to travel. I want to have anything. But experiences in life also need to be part of your goal set. So we've got stuff. And the interesting thing is the minute we get out of stuff and we get up to our ears and our shelves are all full, and God abhors an empty shelf, so you have to fill it you know, with buying something. But then we start looking for uh, experiences. And the final goal we have, and the one that I think is very, very important, is wealth we want to achieve. 
So we have goals for stuff, we have goals for experiences, and we have goals for wealth. Now, how would you break those down into three time periods, Pat? Well, I think um, the the maybe thing that most of the time pops to people's minds is a long time period. Um, you know, particularly when we're talking about wealth, you're thinking, well, that's about, you know, saving for my retirement. And that's a long way off for some people. But really, if we break it down into um, one year, so what are the things, stuff I want this year? What's the experiences I want? And how much money do I want to save this year? And then have a category for sort of the near term, one to five years. So that's a little bit further out. Maybe it's a bigger stuff. Maybe it's, you know, that car, you know, your car is going to wear out and you're going to have to replace it. And then the third category would be, you know, over that period of time. So a much longer um, range look. And, and, and again, you know, maybe it's knowing that the roof in your house is going to have to be replaced. So that needs to go on there. Or again, from the wealth standpoint, maybe it's your children's college fund. Maybe it's your retirement. So breaking them into we have stuff, we have experiences, and we have wealth, and then we have short-term, intermediate, and long-range. And that really helps, as you said, guide that conversation between two people and lets you focus on goals and values rather than just talking about money itself. Yes, it, it really does help out to have goals because it's a way to put off Find something you don't want to, and it uh, focuses you, as you put it so well. It focuses you on the things you really, really want to do. You can't have it all, but if you have goals, you'll have those things that matter the very most to you, and nobody can do that for you. So we're coming up on another break. You are listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Your host is Gordon Bennett. We have our guest, Pat Blyle, with us, the director of the MBA program at Eastern University. And after taking a short break, we will be back with you. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500 either way you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the last segment of Money, Jobs, Health, and the Other Things in Life. This is Gordon Bennett, your host. Here with guest Pat Blyle talking about, guess what, money. We really like to talk about money. Some people don't like to talk about it, but that's our life. Money is the glue that holds everything together, and it is a much misunderstood and maligned thing. So in the last three segments, we've talked about the fundamentals. Now, I've got the fundamentals. I've read hundreds of books on finance, and I've got it boiled down to eight. And next week, we'll deal with the second four. And this week, we've already talked about three. And next week, we'll talk about the following four. So this week, we've talked about you've got to want to break your bad habits. It all starts with that. You're not going to lose weight until you get on the treadmill. You're not going to do something with your money until you change what you're doing now. Then you have to educate yourself. You can't have somebody else be smart. You have to be smart. Then we set goals. What do we want to get out of life in the way of experiences? What do we want in the way of stuff? What do we want in wealth to accumulate? So now we're going to have the fourth fundamental. In 1926, George Clausen wrote a book. It was called The Richest Man in Babylon. That book is still in print. And he set forth what I have as the fourth fundamental. And believe me, this is a biggie. But it is a fundamental. If you don't do it, you're going to live, maybe, to rue the day when you don't do it. And by the way, the things I'm talking about in the way of fundamentals are agreed on by every expert in the field. There is no disagreement. And the fourth fundamental is pay yourself first. Let me repeat that. Pay yourself first. Unfortunately, IRS has got the first place taken, but you got to pay yourself first in your own mind. Pat, why don't you comment on that? Yeah, I think this is one of the hardest things for people to do because most people I know say, how can I pay myself first? How can I set money aside I don't have anything left at the end of the month. If I put something aside at the beginning of the month, I won't make it all the way through. I remember when we first met and I, you know, was working. I had a good job. I had bought it, uh, my first house and my company had a 401k. 
And you asked me if I was investing in my 401k. And I said, heavens no, I don't have the money to do that. And again, because at the end of the month, it was all gone. So it's really difficult. You know, you run out and a lot of times you, you run out of months before you, you know, run out of money before you run out of month. There's just nothing left. Um, do you realize? Yet, go ahead. Do you realize that a high school graduate, the guy who graduates from high school is already a millionaire? But what does he do? He spends all his money. So you've got to pay yourself first out of that million dollars. And go most ahead. Of the time, you know what? You, you do find out. That if you will set that money aside first, that you don't miss it. And by the end of the month, you make it, you know, you make it last because, I mean, let's face it, we probably don't know where all of our money goes anyway. And we'll talk about that maybe at the next show. But you've got to do it. It takes discipline. And by the way, your employer pays themselves first out of your check, right? They take your taxes out. They take... um uh, you know, the FICA out, they take the Social Security out, all of that comes out first. So you might as well take money out for yourself first as well, while all of that's going out, and you'll never miss it. And even if you can't take the maximum out, you should take something at it maybe $10, it may be $100, it may be $1,000, it doesn't matter. What you want to do is establish paying yourself first. You, after all, went to school, you learned to work, you get all this money. Why should you pay the other people first? You did it for you. And if you pay yourself first and then set it aside, you'll be pretty well taken care of in your retirement. Uh, we went to a seminar one time and some lady talked about uh, spending too much money and she didn't have any. I said, stop spending what you don't need to spend. Stop wasting money and pay yourself first. It's one less uh, Starbucks. It isn't going out to dinner. It maybe isn't a movie. If you have set goals, one of those goals is accumulate some wealth. I don't mind telling, well, I was, it was a lot of money 25 years ago to start that thing. But when you retired, I don't remember anybody saying they shouldn't have started early. I don't know any 50-year-old or 60-year-old men or women who say, gosh, I really shouldn't have paid myself first. I should have waited till I was ready for retirement and then find out I don't have any money. Tell them about the uh, envelope uh, gimmick. Yeah, it's a great idea um, in a class that Gordon teaches by way of showing people how they really could do this. He handed out an envelope and he said, look into your wallet and take out 10% of what's already in there. Stick it in this envelope and put it aside. And you'll find out that by the end of the week, because the class was just a week long, you didn't miss that money. You didn't have to rip that envelope open to, to spend it. And people were amazed that they actually could do it. If you don't pay yourself first, you'll never get around to paying yourself last. It's great if you have a 401k or a way through your employer that that money can be taken out in your paycheck right along with everything else they take out. But if you don't have that, you need to find another way. Maybe you can have an automatic uh, withdraw at your bank set up so that money's taken out of your checking account and deposited someplace. Or maybe, uh, you know, like one gentleman we talked to, he cashes his paycheck and he takes 50% of that and he deposits it someplace else. You also going to go ahead. Then he looks in his wallet and if he doesn't have any money, he doesn't buy a pizza or he doesn't go to the movie. When right. the money is gone, it's gone. 
Right. It does take discipline, but you've got to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of strategies for how you can do it. We'll talk about those in future segments. But you've got to set your mind that that is something you're going to do. You're going to pay yourself first because if you violate that principle, let me tell you, um, you can't violate the principles. Now, you know, we don't have a lot of time, Gordon. Why don't you let people know um, where they can find out more of the information that you've given them? Give them our website address. Talk about your book. And then we'd love to have to hear from you. Let us know what you'd like Gordon to talk about. Find other experts to come in and talk about. And please tell your friends about the show. All the shows are archived. You can go to voiceamerica.com, search on Gordon Bennett, and you can listen to any episode anytime you want. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called uh, Give Yourself a Raise, How to Have Less Stress, More Money, and Financial Freedom. I've changed that book, and I'm writing the second book, which will be called The Path to Financial Freedom. Um, it's a little broader gauge, but you can go and get that book at Amazon, and it covers all the things I've talked about. Uh, you can also get it on our website. Our website is ptff.net, Path to Financial Freedom. Got that? Path to Financial Freedom. Say it one more time. Path to Financial Freedom. If that is PTFF, ptff.net. You can order the book there. You can get the other things that we've talked about. And the one other thing that you might want to do is I have a risk assessment scale on the website. You can download that, take a test. See what kind of financial risks you're facing if you don't get your money affairs in order. We've enjoyed being with you today, which brings us to the end of our show. We've only covered four of the eight fundamentals, but I think they should be good for you, and you can use them uh, starting right away. you got to want to change. Don't have to wait for New Year's resolutions. You need to educate yourself every day, and I will talk more about that. We need to set goals, and we need to pay ourselves first. So you are listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with your host, Gordon Bennett, and our guest, Pap Lyle, Dr. Pap Lyle, as she likes to be called. And we'll be back next week at the same time and same place. Good day. So remember... Please tell your friends about the show, and if you want to hear more about what Gordon has to say, you can always listen to this recording again. So go to voiceamerica.com and search on Gordon Bennett. Yes, it's Gordon Bennett, and I'm Pat Blyle, but that's a whole story for another day. So tell your friends, write to us at gorben32 at gmail.com. And let us know what's on your mind about your money challenges, the challenges you have in life, your health issues, whatever it is that you'd like to have some help with and you'd like to hear somebody else talk about and maybe find some resources for you because that's what we're here for, to help you out and uh, hopefully make your life a little bit better and a little bit easier. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Please join your host, Gordon Bennett, again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, are you going to make a bad choice or a great choice with your money? Come back next week for more. 